to the inaugural episode of Nursing A to Z, the podcast. We are two nurse educators who are passionate about empowering and supporting the next generation of nurses. We wanted to make this podcast to help unify nurses and nursing students everywhere, create camaraderie, and help change the culture of nursing. Some of you may have heard about nurses who, who eat their young. We want to help change that. I'm Farron. And I'm Hunter. And we are your guide to everything in nursing. That's why we named it Nursing A to Z. We might cover things from acne to Zika virus. We can cover everything in between. We will have different things each week, different series that you can tune into. Things like NCLEX prep, focused reviews, specific disease processes, pharmacology, all the things that we know nursing students have difficulty with. We might also talk about how are we going to transition you from the nursing student to a practicing nurse? That's a hard transition. We'll talk about how you can nail that dream job interview, what you can expect to make as a nurse, how to maximize your pay, what nursing specialty is right for you, and all in all, how to be successful um, in and out of nursing school. Arguably, the most important thing we will cover on this podcast is the concept of self-care and how that applies to nursing students and practicing nursing. So today we're going to do an episode called A is for Anxiety. This will be the first in our series called Alphabet Stroll. And we're going to cover, we want to help you try to figure out if you are having anxiety, if you have a true anxiety disorder, if you're just experiencing the stressors of daily life. So I'm sure at some point in your lifetime, you've experienced what you would consider anxiety. You've had an overwhelming feeling of dread, that panic knot in the bottom of your stomach, sweaty palms, or a feeling of wanting to run in the bathroom and hide and break down in tears. I know I have certainly felt like that in my lifetime, especially in junior high. That seems to be a really awful age. However, normal anxiety is a healthy response to stress. So how do you know if you're having anxiety or if you're simply responding to the daily stressors of your life? So let's talk about that. There is a difference in anxiety and stress. Stress is really, like you've said, these little things that annoy us every day, right? You are trying to walk out the door like this morning, the cat's jumping on the counter, the, you know, I've got to get breakfast and get things together and I forget something, have to run back to the car. That is stress, and there are ways that we can manage stress. Anxiety is different. Anxiety is something that needs to be diagnosed by a healthcare professional, okay? And so, you know, we're going to go through a few of these different types of anxiety disorders so that we know the difference, okay? And uh, like Farron said, if you feel like you are experiencing some of these, these might hit a little too close to home. Uh, please do seek professional help. We're here to help you distinguish, do you have an anxiety disorder or are you just dealing with the stress of life? So do you know that anxiety disorders are more likely to occur in women? I did not know that really until I started researching. But there are several different types of anxiety disorder. One type of anxiety disorder is separation anxiety. Excessive fear or worry when you're separated from an individual that you may be emotionally attached to. And I think of this as a child when they first go off to school, they're going to experience this when they're separated from their parent or a caregiver. Another type of anxiety disorder is specific phobias. And this can occur in any individual. So my mother always had a large fear of cats and that's called Alorophobia. And when I was little, she told me I could either have a mother or a cat. <laughs> I know that I swear to God, that's the truth. 
hashtag true story. And agoraphobia. Everybody knows what agoraphobia is. You often think of it that it's um, not wanting to leave your house, but actually it's the fear of certain places such as the outdoors or maybe um, just open spaces. And agoraphobia actually comes from the Greek word fear of the marketplace. So that's a little trivia for you today. And I think we all have a little bit of that in COVID times. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that is so true. We got so used to, I can't go outside. I can't do anything. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a thing. And maybe we should address that right now. I know y'all probably thought we were going to talk about COVID on our first episode, but we are not today. No. Um, it's 2021. We want to try to help you move past it. This is almost like our new normal. What do we do? Well, and that concept of new normal, it's like, what is that going to be? I think we're just going to keep having things we have to adjust to, which is why this is so important. We have got to get better at understanding our stressors, understanding if we have anxiety, and really learning some coping mechanisms so that we can make our life the best it can be, even if we are in a pandemic, even if we have things that scare us every day. We're nurses. We are out there on the front lines. And this is something that you may not have grown up with. You may not grow up with, you know, relaxation techniques and mindfulness and all of that stuff to actually manage anxiety. So correct. And some people don't have good coping skills. So when they have daily stresses or their life, they just fall apart because they don't know how to manage it. So we are going to try to help you know, help you form some coping mechanisms. And I think that is true. At some point we will address COVID. We'll probably do an episode on that. But today we wanted to focus on, let's learn the difference between anxiety and stress. So another uh, anxiety disorder is social anxiety. That is an excessive fear of social or performance situations. So I'm sure as a nursing student, you have probably felt maybe what you thought is social anxiety. How are you doing in schools? And definitely individuals with social anxiety fear that others are going to judge them negatively and scrutinize their actions. So if you have social anxiety, you typically tend to avoid public speaking, even meeting new people. You don't even want to be um, in public eating in front of people. And and, uh, also, you definitely don't want to be the center of attention if you have social anxiety. Another type of anxiety is just generalized social or just generalized anxiety disorder. And that involves excessive, uncontrollable worry. And you have to have it, that for at least six months before a healthcare provider would diagnose you with having general anxiety disorder. But you will worry about anything from losing your job, your loved ones, household chores, financial situations, your health. You even realize that all the excessive worrying is unrealistic, but you can't stop and right. you don't know what to do about it. And it's interfering with your functioning. You can't go through a whole work day you can't you're showing up late you are having interference in your daily life and that's the kicker with these things it's, it has to be over a longer period of time like you said six months it's got to be excessive uncontrollable you know it's like when people say oh well, i'm just ocd because i like this type of pen but really when we talk about obsessive compulsive disorder that's like someone who they have to go and turn the doorknob five times you know, before they go to bed. And then they have to, maybe some people have compulsions with cleaning. And they, this is something that is uncontrollable. It's not just a preference, right? 
Correct. That is a, an excessive compulsive disorder is another type of anxiety disorder. And they ha almost have rituals that they must do uh, before they can leave the house, before they can go to bed. I mean, I've seen some strange ones too. I shouldn't say strange. I've seen some ones where people say they have to like turn around three times before they can even sit in a chair. And these are things that they have almost programmed their body to. That definitely interferes with your daily life. So that's what we mean about that would be a type of anxiety disorder. Now, those of you with the social kind of triggers for your stress, or if it, if you do have social anxiety, um, there is a th such a thing called the spotlight effect. And that is known in psychology that it's kind of like when you walk into a room and you feel like everyone turns and looks at you, in reality, nobody really cares that you're there. Nobody cares what color your shirt is. Nobody cares, you know, if your, you know, clothes match that well. Because to be honest, people have a lot of stuff to worry about. Right. Nobody's going to notice the tooth, the tooth <laughs> face stain on your shirt because no. that always happens. Nobody no. sees it. But to you, it's like the end of the world if you have social anxiety. Right. So let this be us you know, a relief to you that generally speaking, we feel like people look at us more than they actually do. That is so true. And let's talk about the last thing we're going to talk about is panic disorders. So panic disorders typically last about 15 to 30 minutes. Symptoms of a panic disorder can include palpitations like heart palpitations, shortness of breath, chest pain, nausea, a feeling of choking, of being smothered the hot and cold feeling, a fear of that you're going to die or that you're actually going insane. So you have to have four or more of those symptoms that I spoke of to be present to be diagnosed as having panic attacks. Behavioral changes can also occur because you're so worried about when the next anxiety or the next panic attack is going to take place that you really don't want to be a part of society because you're like, I can't go to the grocery store. I might have a panic attack. Right. So if you've never had a panic attack before, you have serious physical symptoms with those. Right. You feel everything. You may think that you are having a heart attack, that you are going crazy, so to speak. Right. You just worry more. And then it almost just makes everything worse when you have those physical symptoms. And sometimes we have, you know, you and I both work in the emergency department and we we frequently have people who come in because they're in such a state of distress. They're having a panic attack and it is actually affecting them physiologically. You know, their respiratory rate is so high that they offset their acid-base balance. Their blood pressure is really high. Their heart rate is extremely high. And sometimes we do have to give medications and fluids and, uh, you know, coach these people down and, and get them away from that stressor and, and kind of get them off of that ledge because it really does affect you that strongly. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you've ever had one before, you will never want to have one again. And so now that we've kind of talked down and broken down the different types of anxiety, like Hunter said, we really want to encourage anybody that feels they have an anxiety disorder to seek professional treatment with a medical provider. Anxiety is definitely something that can be treated successfully and you don't have to suffer alone. If you feel like you're experiencing uh, with nursing school just the daily stressors of life and it's not a true anxiety disorder, let's talk about ways to potentially manage your daily stressors that you're experiencing. Um, I think the first thing when we talk about how to manage our daily stressors is really to acknowledge what's going on. Yeah. 
So you can't really sweep things under the carpet. You have to acknowledge and get it out. My grandmother always used to say there's more room out than in, meaning that you've got to talk to someone about how you're feeling. Yes. If about the stressors and if you can talk to a friend, if you can talk to a family member, if you don't have anybody that you trust to talk to, then you can always find a counselor to talk to. And I know at the university, we definitely have um, people that we can refer you to if you're just unable to manage your daily stress. So take advantage of that. Definitely. Um, The avoiding your feelings, it it may work for the minute. It's not going to work long-term. And guys, you have to think if you have a lot of stressors, they keep building up especially if you're in school and you're working and you have a family and you have a significant other those are a lot of people have a lot of requirements mm-hmm. that's um, a lot of balls to juggle it I mean, is. you've got a it's lot, lot of things that you're juggling um and so if you're letting some of those things fall to the wayside that's going to affect your relationships with others it's going to affect your ability to do your work well and study well and learn well your brain does not learn well when it's stressed and you're not resting you can't retain information that way. Correct, because you can't put anything else in because your body is like, nope, I can't hold another single thing. So let's talk about, so you see, okay, you're feeling stressed for the daily lives. So can you change things? So what I mean by that is, what is stressing you is modifiable, okay? Can you change what you're stressed about? Such as like your grades or your study habits, those kind of things. And if the answer is yes, then you need to formulate a plan to help alleviate that stress. So I always tell everybody to get a planner, write everything down, write your assignments down, write when your lecture is, write when you need to be in clinical. You've got to stay on top of things and having a planner is a great way to do that. Also, I like to make lists. I make a list. I love a to-do list. I do too. I love, and I feel so successful when I check something off. Even if it's just as simple as I need to go to the grocery store today. But it's got to be on paper. You have to scratch it out on paper or a post a note or something. I don't get the same satisfaction on my phone. And sometimes, it just depends. I do have both lists. I sometimes will make um, a list on my phone and I'll just kind of erase it. But you are correct, Hunter. I do not get Mm. the same satisfaction as taking that pen and scratching it out. And you can scratch it out as much as you want, especially if it's something that you've been. See, I'm a master procrastinator. So I am not. I am not a master (laughs) procrastinator. If I have a large task ahead of me, um, I'm going to do everything else on that to do list and I'm going to leave that thing for the end. And so when I get to that big task, I'm going to scratch a hole in the paper after I finish it. It's going to feel so good. I am so not like that. If I have five things to do, those five things to do better be done before noon. Or (laughs) that is, I would not be able to go out about my day. So that is something that the reason lists are so important to me is because I would find that a daily stressor. I would worry about, oh my gosh, it is noon and I have not gone to to get groceries or gas. Just, you know, something simple like that, that we have to do every day, but it would bother me. So, I mean, we all know that you've got families like we spoke of earlier. You have children, some of you. You have other responsibilities. So, you know, if you've made a list on Monday and you didn't accomplish everything on Monday, then it just carries over to Tuesday. The laundry is going to stay there. The dishes are going to stay there. Correct. You (laughs) have to give yourself grace. And by, you know, what I mean by give yourself grace is, it's okay. None of us are perfect. 
you just have to acknowledge it. You know what? I didn't get a chance to do that today. So I'm going to pick back up on that tomorrow. I'm acknowledging how I feel. I'm acknowledging that I still need to do it. And I like naming that, you know, putting it in the open and saying, I've had these other things that took precedence over that. So I'm sorry. And, you know, being honest, especially if it's you're doing something for someone um, and you've sort of dropped the ball on it and that's causing you more stress. You know, be honest with that person and say, you know, to be honest with you, I was doing these other things. I didn't get around to it. I'm going to do my best to get that done for you at, you know, as my earliest convenience tomorrow in the morning, whatever. But I think at least for me, when I get stressed, then it's like I almost retreat and I don't communicate as much when that's what we need to do. And the opposite is we need to communicate more. That's just being accountable. Like you said, if you will take accountability and apologize to somebody, I wasn't able to accomplish that today. That's really, that shows such responsibility, such maturity. And that shows that you're going to handle it tomorrow. You know, you may have had a child that got sick. Like we talked about the heater may have gone out in your house. You may have had a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Things happen they do, and they happen to everybody. But it's how we react to those things. Yes. And don't let it spiral you out. Right. That that is so correct. Don't let those bad things that happen, just like the other day when your car car went bad and your computer died on the same day. Yes. Died, died. As in, it was no more. It ceased (laughs) to exist. It was a really sad day, but you just, you picked up the pieces. You're like, okay, what do I do about this? Yes. And whereas you have to keep moving, the world's still spinning. Correct. I still have responsibilities. And some people might not be able to handle that. They may be in a bad mood. I know people that may be in a bad mood for three days and you can't <laughs> talk to them because something like that happened. Or when you do talk to them, they want to bring it up every single time you talk. And that, or they're mad and they're still, and they're yelling at you for things <laughs> that you as a third party could not you obviously no control. No. Correct. Yeah. So don't be that person is what we're saying. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there's also, you know, non-pharmacological ways to manage uh, stress. And so let's talk about the few uh, non-pharmacological ways to manage that. Um, Exercise is one of them, like maybe take a daily walk. I know a lot of people are like, I don't have time to walk and it's cold outside. Bundle up, 10 minutes. Take the dog for a walk. Take your children outside. Do something nice for yourself. You may think it's not going to help because it's a short amount of time, but I'm telling you, whatever you're dealing with, you put it to the back, the side of your mind, you know, just shove it to the side. Uh, yeah, grab the dog, grab a jacket, go outside, put some music on, and just walk. Thank Exercise you. helps you deal with things. It is good for you. It pumps your blood. You get more blood flow to your brain and to your muscles. You get more oxygen. Um, and I think what also helps is you realize that there's a world outside of you. Correct. The birds still chirp. The wind still blows. Your problems get a little bit more manageable and a little bit smaller. And if there's something else that you like to do, if maybe before nursing school you were an avid reader and you don't get to to do that, I encourage everybody not to get on their phone. And let me tell you why. Because if you get on your phone on social media, it's almost going to make you more stressed. Yes. So put that down for those five or 10 minutes. Don't read the news. Don't read the news to manage your daily stressors that you have going on at your house and your life with your family, with school, with work. You have to stay grounded. 
Correct. You do have to stay grounded. Um, another non-pharmacological way that I like to manage stress is to meditate. And I know that may give people an eye roll, but <laughs> let's talk about that for just a minute. Um, it has a negative connotation. And I think it really does is because if you said that to somebody, they would look at you like you were hokey mm-hmm. or they would not understand what you were talking about. Or, uh, yeah, that's only for suburban soccer moms. <laughs> but Actually, meditation is honestly just clearing your mind. Well, and people have been doing it for a thousand years. Correct. I mean, like it is simply getting the monkey to stop swinging from branch <laughs> to branch, or getting the hamster Sit off down, the wheel. Hamster, get off the wheel. Correct. Find you a nice, quiet location. Sit in a comfortable position, and just breathe. Just breathe. Focus Start with on breathing. your breath, and try not to think about anything. That's it. Honestly. Just taking a deep breath and focusing on nothing. I'm not going to focus on my bills that I need to pay. And if something pops into your head, because guess what? It's going to, because that's normal. Until you are an expert meditator, you're not going to be good at that. I don't know anybody that's an expert meditator that doesn't have things that (laughs) pop into their head. Not unless you are out in the desert in like some kind of reservation. You've got like no responsibilities. I don't, yeah. I'm still going to be hot there. Maybe a cool desert. Maybe not a desert. Maybe, Maybe a retreat. <laughs> some type of nice retreat where it's breezy. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Uh, you're perfectly comfortable. You have no bills to pay. Yeah. You, <laughs> you just, you just, have no test coming up. Yeah. And, and most people are like, I can't sit somewhere for 30 minutes and be still. Well, you don't start out at 30 right. minutes. You start out at three minutes and you literally learn to sit with yourself. And yes. that's it. Learning to sit with yourself. And trying to clear your thoughts, you know, breathing out the negativity of your day, bringing in like, I got this, positive affirmations. Talk to yourself nicely. Never talk to yourself negatively. No, that is a big one. That that really is a big one. When people tell themselves, oh, I'm just so stupid. I'm never going to pass. You didn't pass that class because you're an idiot. You're not smart enough to do this. I will tell you that is the single way if you want to be unsuccessful in anything in life, Talk bad to yourself. Shame yourself, and you will fulfill that prop that prophecy of not doing what you want to do. Correct. Always have positive thoughts about yourself. You are smart enough. You are good enough, and you can do this. Yes. Yes. So if you'll sit somewhere, starting out three minutes, comfortable place, quiet. Even if you have to hide in your closet, yeah. if you make yourself a little spot, and just. Breathe, and when thoughts come in, you just try to get the hamster off the wheel. Yeah, you just say it's okay. That's what I'm supposed to do, and you just go back and you start again. I think find something comforting too. I think yeah, if you like a maybe it sounds silly, but if you like uh, a soft blanket, if you like some soft music, if you like a scent, you know maybe a candle or some kind of. Uh, you know, whatever. Aromatherapy. Aromatherapy. And we'll talk about that in another yeah. episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that again. But find something that, that makes you feel happy. Um, it comforts you. Take that with you. You know what comforts me is sitting in my recliner with a warm, like a, a cup of hot tea and a blanket and some fuzzy socks yeah. <laughs> and no TV. And just yes. that to me is so comforting. But find whatever makes you... That's your comfort zone and try it for three minutes and just, you know, 
learn to do it. People also have apps that they can use to meditate. Um, they're free. They're called guided meditation apps. See if that works for you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it sounds, I know, it sounds, it sounds hippie, hokey, but sounds hokey. Just try it. Don't knock it till you try it. Nobody has to know. You That's know, true. Just whatever. Say, you know, I got to go, you know, whatever. I'm going to go for a drive. Sit in your car and meditate, you know? You're just literally taking, focusing on your breath and trying to, you've been doing it probably all along and you just never named it. Yeah. You've got to take those feelings out of your head. And in my head, sometimes it feels like everything's just swarming around and it's going to blow up. You've got to sit down in the silence and you hit the nail on the head with social media. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big social media person myself. I don't think it's very conducive to a positive uh, outlook on life or just I know why people have in general. It. Yeah, yeah, I totally get why some people have it. They have family that are out of state and a lot of people use it for good. Right. But you have seen so many bad things come of it from, you know, shaming, just shaming, mom unrealistic shaming, expectations. unrealistic filtered pictures. Nobody looks like that. <laughs> I no. mean, and, and it no. puts so much pressure on everyone yes. that on every aspect, what yes. you eat. Uh, what you drink. I'm not good enough. I didn't, you know, make my family this meal from scratch. Well, yeah. my breakfast doesn't look like what they put on their story this morning. Yeah. Sometimes people are just happy that I put some ramen in the microwave. <laughs> and you know what? Everybody ate and everybody's full and we're good. And exactly. We're all still alive. And that means that goes back to what we were saying. Look at the big picture of life. Yeah. Are you okay? Did your family actually eat today? It's fine. When my daughter was little, um, there would be days, you know how kids just didn't eat? And I have to stop worrying about that. I would just be like, here's your vitamin. And she would eat better tomorrow. And that's just how I had to look at things. Because if you didn't, you'd be like, oh, no, she's going to get sick. I'm a bad parent. So you just have to, like I said, look at the big picture on things. Yes. And then something else that you might want to try is if you're an animal person and if you're not an animal person, but animals can honestly be a great stress reliever. I'm not saying go adopt a dog or adopt a cat no, because that, you I, may not yeah, have no. time for that. But you can go to the animal shelter. You can pet animals. You can borrow one. You can ask somebody, let me walk your dog. And why? Animals give unconditional love. Yeah. They don't care that you've had a bad day. They don't care what you've got going on in your life. They're just looking at you like, oh, you're the best thing ever. <laughs> you right. took me for a walk or yeah. you brought me in out of the cold. Yeah. And so that you get, there's a lot of love that can be given from animals and a lot of yes. joy and a lot of satisfaction. So please don't go adopt one if you're not in a good situation. No, that takes a lot of dedication yeah, and, and a lot of time that you probably don't have if you're in nursing school. Correct. And they can be, you know, you have to take care of them so they can be financially. Yes. Um, a lot. Agreed. But you know somebody that you can go over to their house and, and pet sit when they're gone. Yeah. So think about that. That's another thing. And also something else that I really like to do is if I am uh, stressed out and feeling the stressors, I really like to sing out loud. Yeah. You know how some people, I can't scream at the top of my lungs because that would be in poor taste and the police might get called because they might yeah. think something was going on. Yeah. But nobody is going to think if I'm just singing a song. So if you're by yourself, even if you're not, pick a song. In the car. Turn the radio up as loud as you can. (laughs) And get the stressors out. Sometimes I will feel so much better because I got it out. That's right. It's gone. Woo. Can't stay in there forever. 
No, he can't stay in there forever, You're but just he can get blow a song. Up. Right, and singing is a great way to do that. That's what I have found. I like that. I'm telling you, the police are going to get called. I if you live like, in an yeah, apartment complex. Either way, if you're screaming that loud, <laughs> somebody's going to knock on the door. Okay, so let's talk about ways that we maybe, that we personally manage stress. Yeah. Do you have a way, Hunter, that you like to manage your stress? I definitely like to utilize my evening or nighttime routine like you said you like you know sitting in a, co- a cozy chair having a cup of tea that's my favorite thing in the world it's the best uh i really do take that time at the end of the day to process everything um you know you want to think about the day what were the good things or maybe some of the things that did not go how i wanted them to go and you want to start processing through that but guess what the good thing is now we have time i'm not at work Maybe it's taking a long, hot shower. Um, and you can just start sort of unboxing the day. And that really is kind of how I have to look at it. That's a really good one. Like, uh, you know, take five extra minutes in the shower for yourself. But yeah. while you're there, think about, okay, these are the things I didn't get done today. Just like we went back to the list. But acknowledging, I'm telling you, acknowledging how you feel. That's is, the first way, first step of it, I would say. It's really the first step. And you can do that kind of in your own private time and if you've got a lot of people around you if you live in a house with more than more than just you Mm -hmm. that alone time while you're getting ready for bed having your shower or your bath that is a good time for you to process and speaking of that i like lowering the stimuli i like low lights i like no sound or little sound i do too i like to just hear nothing and And i don't want bright lights stimulate i just want to be for a minute and, and that's being process. that's calming your environment. Right. So if you calm your environment like that, you're going to take away the background noise of the TV, mm. of the phone, and you're taking you're um you're lowering your stress level. You're and you helping your your, st- your body process it. So yeah. that's one thing that you're you're working with yourself by decreasing the stimuli around you. Right. Do this with your patients, your clients. If you notice they are in a state of uh, you know really really anxious or they're having a panic attack that first thing you do you need to remove that those stressors from the if, from the situation so if they're in a you know if you are in a mental health type of situation um and two clients start kind of yelling or one's really anxious or having those kind of physical symptoms we can see we need to remove those things that are affecting them. If your client's getting discharged and they've been being seen for an anxiety disorder um, or something that's precipitated by a stressor, we're going to include that in that discharge teaching that we've got to identify those triggers just like we've told you to do in this podcast as nursing students. With our patients, we tell them the same thing. Identify what that is. Name it and know it so that we can prevent this from happening. Right? Right. And you would also, you would speak calmly to them as you were talking to your clients in that situation. So you need to speak calmly to yourself. And don't say calm down. That rarely does that ever work to tell no, someone No, that usually just down. aggravates them because it's like, don't tell me to calm down. Who are you to tell me to calm down? <laughs> right. But if you speak to them in a calm right. voice, like you need to speak to yourself in a calm voice, like, right. okay, it's okay. It's just, I forgot to do this today. Yeah. Or, you know, I had that flat tire that we talked about. If you acknowledge it and you try to remain calm, it helps you get over. It's like it helps you build the bridge to getting over the daily stressors. And it's a self-talk. 
Yeah. It goes back to that. You know, after that positive a positive talk. It's all right. You did a good job. You studied hard. You didn't make the grade you wanted, but you're still smart and you're still going to make it and we can still do this. Yeah. And something else that I do, like, um, besides sitting in that chair is if I leave the house, I usually have a little worry stone with me, which is something simple that you can find off the internet. It's like a smooth stone if you like one rough, whatever. But it just reminds me that everything's going to be okay. And if I do have a minute to where I get very stressed out, I can just hold it in my hand and just kind of rub it. And it just makes me feel better. I made my husband buy it for me. So it was almost like a hug, if that makes sense. Like it came from a significant other. If you have a friend or a family member, you might do the same thing, like tell them to pick one out for you. So it has meaning or value. So if they're not with you, you're like, okay, what would they tell you to do? What would that loved one or that significant other or friend tell you to do? They would tell you to take a deep breath. It was all going to be okay. And they would give you a hug. So that's kind of what I use mine for. If I hold it in my hand, then I just realize, yes, it's, it really is going to be okay. It's just a physical reminder. It's something that I can hold as a reminder other than just me telling myself, you know, take a deep breath. You've got this. You'll figure it out. We'll, you know, we'll work through it. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you make it personal with somebody getting it for you. Right. Like it was just your husband some, or whatever. It was just something personal because, and if you don't have anybody, buy one for yourself because nobody sure. should love yourself more than you. That's right. You I can't mean, love so, other people and care for other people for that matter if you don't love yourself. That is so true. And that's where, that's why our first episode, we really wanted it to be on A for anxiety because we wanted you to understand the difference, you know, like. You're going to encounter a lot of stress. Yes. Is it actually an anxiety disorder? And if what we talked about when we talked about anxiety disorder, if that really, like we said, did it hit home for you? Please seek medical attention. You don't have to live in the state of anxiety. But if you really think, okay, maybe I am just, you know, dealing with daily stressors, then you think, okay, how do I manage that? What helps me manage this? Yeah. Now, do you use any uh, kind of supplements or thing over the counter to help with your stress or help you relax or sleep ever because sleep is important for for anxiety in your mind too sometimes i'll take melatonin if i know that i am not sleepy but i know that i've got to be up at five o'clock the next morning then i will you shouldn't take it all the time they say but i will take it if i'm like if it's 10 30 and i'm still like well i'm not really sleepy but i have to be up at five yeah i'll try to take something to help me sleep Yeah, when we talk about learning and you can look back at the neuroscience with this, you have got to sleep. Sleep is a restorative, rejuvenating time for your body and your mind and your spirit. And if you don't do that, you're not going to retain it. This is why it does not work to stay up all night and cram information in your brain. Yes, you might remember it for an hour or two, you know, just for that test. But guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to forget it because it doesn't work that way. You will dump it. It's just like an information dump. You have got to sleep. Um, So that does take priority for your body. You're going to get sick if you don't sleep. Your anxiety is going to get worse. Uh, It can increase your blood pressure and your heart rate when you don't get sleep. So imagine that paired on top of having anxiety that can increase your heart rate or stress. So it's just a bad deal all around. Uh, Personally, for me, I do drink tea sometimes like you, and I'll usually pick something with like lavender, chamomile, 
lemon balm, something like that. Those are known to calm you down. Add some honey. If you're not yeah. one of those person that really likes tea, if you're like, yeah. uh, it doesn't taste that Make great. Make it a little sweeter. Put a little honey in it. Make it a little sweeter. And if you'll get honey for the local region, it mm-hmm. will help you because you're getting all those... Um, you're helping with the local allergies, pollen and, and local stuff pollen. Yeah. So yeah. So it yeah. definitely works as Some, twofolds. Something else I'd take sometimes the melatonin I can't do because I get really crazy dreams. Some people have said that it does not They're, bother me at all. They are insane. <laughs> I'm telling you, the weirdest things you can think of. I mean, there's aliens and I'm in space and it's strange. How do you really know it's a dream? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'm looking forward to the future. I don't know, but I do take a supplement sometimes that would that includes something called GABA or um, this you're going to learn about this if you talk about benzodiazepines this neurotransmitter is already in our body our brains kind of uh, already have this circulating around and it's kind of our mother that's what I listened to a presentation and they called it it's the mother of the brain it calms the brain down Uh, it kind of keeps you grounded and so that is something you can take over the counter. It stands for gamma aminobutyric acid. So GABA is way easier to say, and that's what's going to be listed on the bottle. But you can take that. It's going to help with anxiety, stress. It's going to make you calmer, which is in turn going to help you sleep and rest and manage this. Right. And that's definitely something that you could find over the counter in yeah. any big box store in yes. a little supplement aisle. Now, I, would always, I always say if you're going to do supplements, vitamins, herbs, Always double check that with your medications you take every day. Um, You know, you're always going to want to talk these over with your primary care provider, any specialist you see, just to ensure there's no interaction. Right, because we know some, if y'all have learned anything, there are some herbal supplements that can interfere with prescription medicines that you're on. So definitely check that out. Yeah. But if you're just wanting um, not to be on a prescription medicine, then there are things that you can do. There are lots of things. Lots of herbs, lots of stuff like GABA. Like I said, we already have it in our body. Uh, we can just supplement that. We already have melatonin, but you can supplement right. melatonin Right, and I've seen, too. I have seen in the store on the supplement aisle, like when you go to get your vitamin C, mm-hmm. they'll have things like stress. Yeah, stress gummies, stress, sleep Yeah, stress gummies. gummies and sleep gummies. The sleep gummies, I'm sure, are just the melatonin. Like, yeah. But the stress gummies, I bet, probably have that GABA in them. I think they do. Yeah. yeah. All right. We well, want to leave you on a little bit of an encouraging note. We're going to try to do this every episode we have. Um, I think, do you want, before that, let's... Yeah, so we're going to read a little passage from Stay Positive by John Gordon and Daniel Decker. It's a book on encouraging quotes and messages to fuel your life with positive energy. It's not easy. It may take longer than you expect. There will be days you question yourself and wonder if it's worth it or if you're on the right path. Trust your gut, pay your dues, work hard, and eventually success will come. It will. That's all true. That is all true. So like Hunter said, every time we're going to try to leave you on a little encouraging note, we will be back uh, next week. We will have a segment on study tips, test taking strategies, just some advice for you as you start this new semester. It's a big semester. We have all of these references in our show notes that are going to be available to you. Uh, We'll have a link. Right. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please send us any emails that you have at nursinga2zpod at gmail.com. The email address will be on the website again as well, but it's nursinga2 is spelled out T-O 
zpod at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email. We may also add as it goes on a question and answer session. So if there's something that we haven't answered for you, but you really want answered, we may do an entire show maybe once a month devoted to just questions and answers that um, students are having that we can try to help them with. We really are here to help you. That's why we wanted to make this podcast so that it would give you um, a sounding board. It would give you additional information. You could communicate with faculty members and just try to, you know, realize that you're not in this alone and we really do care about you and we care about your success and we want to help the next generation of nurses. Absolutely. Yeah, we can all still stay connected even if we're virtual. That's right. Always remember that. And if you're having difficulty being virtual or with being quarantined or being home or whatever, uh, do not hesitate to reach out to someone. Thank you for tuning in. We promise that with each week we will try to get better and better. (laughs) This is our, you know, our first podcast and we are brand new at this, but we are dedicated to trying to make this a great space for everyone. So we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, bye.